0: We're talking NBA today because the season is over, but the fun for NBA is just about to begin. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you tuning in each and every week to all of our great shows. It is not only the time for draft and the NBA draft, but also for the NBA free agency season coming right around the corner. And who better to talk about the NBA than our man in the know when it comes to the round ball action? It's our good friend, Anthony Barberin. Man, it's so great to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a little while. I was thinking about getting together uh, you know, for a talk and interview about the playoffs. But then again, we pretty much talked about the playoffs and it went straight as what we expected. So we really wasn't much to talk about, was there? Right. Yeah, I mean,
1: it shook out the way we thought it was going to shake out. Uh, LeBron being the best in the game, dragging who he drug to the NBA finals. But, you know, you put two of the best shooters the game has ever seen, arguably three if you want to, you know, one of the best scorers, one of the best players in the league, all on the same team. Had he done that, man, it would have been spectacular, but it it was pretty much uh, unfeasible for him to accomplish that feat, so
0: let's just put it this way whenever i have that picture of lebron now i just see lebron you know if the superman and all that t- type of deal but with that cape with the, with the cape with everybody just like hanging on to it you <laughs> know, you know he's just like okay i'm gonna take you i'm gonna take you as far as i can go and it, this was uh, no less the case when it came to the nba finals but the season's over my friend but the fun is just now beginning The NBA draft is literally for us as we're taping this right around the corner. It's coming up on Thursday. There's a lot to choose from and a lot of talk and a lot of conversations. I asked you a little bit before we started recording, but I want to ask you now, did you want to go about it as far as our first, the top 15 picks? Did you want to go about it what we would choose or what you think they're going to choose at those selections, provided there's no trades, which we all know will mess everything up and we know will probably happen.
1: We It, it probably will. That That's one of the biggest things where I feel like in my mock, I'm like, uh, it's probably at some point, somebody's gonna trade down, <laughs> yeah. somebody's gonna move up and it's gonna just disrupt the entire thing. But, you know, I usually just go, you know, with the picks that are given, you know, how it's slated to go pick by pick and and it's it's difficult to to go like you said who you think they should pick and who they're going to pick because when you do it you kinda try to do it with a rational mind of what a GM should do, who they should pick, who fits them best. And it's like you expect them to make this pick, but then you realize that every general manager isn't the smartest guy in the world or, you know, the the way their draft room works is it boggles the mind at times. So you know, it, it it'll completely throw you off. So the way I did mine was I went with who's the best fit, who they should pick, and you know, if 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 the GM is at least a rational guy, who they will pick, and just hope for the best.
0: Okay, and in, in the case of let's say Sacramento and Memphis, who Chris Wallace and Vladdy Devats who have not had the best history of picking, that could be all entirely different. Right. Like I said, we're just going to do the top 15 picks. We're going to go through our picks on that. I'm going to have up an article on the popculturecosmos.wordpress.com with my total 15 picks. But we're going to start with you, my friend. We're going to give you the first choice. We're going to say you're going to be the Phoenix GM, the GM for the Phoenix Suns, and you get the first pick. Although that seems to be of the picks that are out there, that seems to be the one that pretty much has a consensus on who is going number one
1: right uh so with the first pick phoenix suns they take Aiden. i mean i think he he went to arizona you know they need a big he's he's a guy who looks has the looks of a franchise player i think there's no way they can pass up on him
0: that's deandre Aiden, 7-1 center out of arizona freshman uh, i think 19 years old he has got a lot of attributes He is not my top choice. I would have gone with Luka Doncic, but I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of insiders and a lot of draft analysts have thought that Luka Doncic is a better choice at number one, but all of them to a T are saying that Phoenix is going to, is just in love with the size. They need a fit at that center position. Tyson Chandler and Alex Lynn haven't done the job. This guy right here, he is very athletic. He's, he's very good on the offensive end, nice jump shot. He's got a, a developing game, could work harder on the defensive end and could be a better shot blocker than his numbers dictated. But I agree with you that across the board, everybody thinks that Phoenix is going to take him number one. So how can I argue with that? He is, like I said, one, still developing, still got a great game going on, and he could be a all-star for years to come.
1: Right. Yeah. With his build, his size, he's got an NBA body plus already his athleticism. I, I, there's no way they pass up on him at number one. I think he's the, he's the top choice.
0: He, he looks like he is. And, and he's going to be the only name that's pretty much for sure. A count it as far as on our list right now, the mock draft. So I get the pleasure of being, I guess, Vladdy Divas and also, I guess, Chris Wallace at Memphis uh, coming up at two and four so i get the even numbers oh joy oh joy so <laughs> i'm going to play the role of Vlad ad i know i've been hearing a lot of things I, and i've done a lot of research on this from videos to podcasts to articles to rumors to twitter to, to social media to everything right now I've, as far as before i even made my choices as far as how i think the mock draft will go Sacramento seems to be this wild card of everything to be infatuated with players like Michael Porter Jr. to even thinking about Luka Doncic. You know, I hear the other rumors the other way that says Vladi's not in love with Luka Doncic. So I think I'm gonna throw out there the only name out there that has actually wanted to go ahead and work out for the Kings because a lot of players have passed up working out for the Kings, not giving them medicals, which I still kind of find very, I don't know, you should be able always to, if you're a team, get medicals from all the players, college players, but that's an issue for a collective bargaining agreement for another day. So I will say this, the only person that has wanted to become a part of the Kings, I think is still going to be a good fit. It's Marvin Bagley the third from Duke. Great offensive player. He's probably going to get you double double, possibly even a 2010. Pretty much every time out. The only thing is he is very limited defensively. The new switching type format that everybody seems to be trending towards to that Golden State is really popularized. As far as on the defensive end, he may not be up to snuff on. He may he may fall behind in that category. So there may be points in times where you might not have to not be able to keep him keep him on the floor but offensively, he does have a great rounded game inside and outside. And I think that the fact that he wants to be a Sacramento King just puts it more into his favor. And I think it would be a solid choice. I don't think it would be the best choice, but I think it, at this point in time, if he truly wants to be a King, I think that speaks volumes to the fan base that's out there. So I think Marvin Bagley three would be my pick for number two. Who do you got for number three, my friend? That's going to be the Atlanta Hawks. They're on the clock right now. You're the GM. So what you got cooking, man? In uh, For number three. In Atlanta. In Hotlanta. Hotlanta. I, I
1: think they go with Luka Doncic. I think they're pretty much uh, the Dennis Schroeder era at point guard is kind of over. Even if they choose to keep him,
0: I think you can play Doncic at the two. He's big enough. He's tall enough. And I will say I will say this. I think he actually, because of his athleticism has been questioned, I think he's a better fit at the three since he's 6'8", since he's tall enough. I think he could go and be that small forward that's a big-time playmaker from that end. I think that's a good choice.
1: They're pretty much from the ground up. So I think they can take any player, and I think they're going to go with best player on the board in their eyes. You know, he may be the best player on the board, um, he'll be the biggest upside guy at that point. Um, I think they take. Uh, I I just think they have so many positions that they don't have solidified that he's a guy that they can take. Like you said that two, Bagley. I felt the same way. I think they go with Bagley because they have a point guard. They don't need Doncic. They have positions that you know other players at other positions, and I think Atlanta is wide open in their positioning. And I think Luka Doncic is the pick at three.
0: That's an excellent choice. In fact, the rumors, the latest rumors as of this recording are pointing to Atlanta leaning towards uh, Luka Doncic, and I think that would be a great choice. In fact, uh, for many people, including myself, from what I've seen and and what I've listened to and what I've observed, he he looks like to me he's the number one player overall. But, uh, you know, I know there's questions about his athleticism, and I really think he would actually make, like you said, not only a, a pretty good off guard but probably even a better small forward and facilitating the offense from that end. Mm, Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers fries or vegetables to get your hands on some of these tasty wheelie q items head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy inside sports listeners act now and get 15 percent off your order today just by entering the promo code pod5 that's pod and the number five at checkout For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. Number four, Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, there's been a lot of talk about this one. I don't think they're going to keep their pick. I think they're going to try and get that pick moved. They have an awful Chandler Parsons contract in which they're trying to move. We've already seen already before this this started that people are trying to get off of bad contracts. Uh, Brooklyn and charlotte both traded bad contracts although getting dwight howard for a year getting that expiring deal that was actually a pretty good move by brooklyn i'll give the props on that for Timothy moskov uh something that <laughs> the What's mitch cup check
1: I, I don't know if you have something on
0: mitch uh, <laughs> i don't know it's just if i was with him if I, if I was I Michael Jordan right like, now, I'd be laying, God, like, this oh, is not why on, you got kicked out of Los Angeles in the first right. place. <laughs> right. And I know I know the Dwight Howard, you know, I know
1: we're on this draft thing, but to me, the Dwight Howard deal, I'd rather have Dwight at $23 million for one season than Timothy Mozgov for 32 at at two.
0: I agree with you 100%. He's actually provided a double-double every year in the league every and year. still, and still will do so. I, I honestly think the Dwight
1: Howard thing is, is more perception at this point than what he he's perceived more as a bad player than than what he actually produces on the court. He's actually a, a, a decent player. He doesn't take enough shots to get you the kind of points that people think he should be getting, but he still blocks shots. He still rebounds. He still defensively controls the paint well enough to be more than a serviceable center.
0: What? It comes down to three words, my friend. Pick and roll. He never learned to live with it. He never learned to deal with it. He never learned to utilize it offensively enough. He never basically wanted to do it on a defensive end either. And had he just embraced the, it on both sides a little bit more, he'd be one of the greatest five centers of all time. Simple as that. But- and and he also,
1: the thing with Dwight is he he
0: he suffers from –
1: the transition in, in era. When he first came in, they would go to him more. They would go to him more. And then the the lead transition to the bigs don't do much. They exactly, like you said, they pick and roll. But other than that, the ball is passed around the perimeter. Everybody shoots threes. It's been a detriment to his career where he probably would, if he was playing in a different era, get the ball on the block a little bit more, get more shot attempts. But everybody wants to shoot threes and that's nowhere near his game. So, you know, he's stuck with 14 points a game
0: and then 12 rebounds. And to that point, it's just look. everybody praises Clint Capella for embracing that game. And his stats aren't much better, if at all, more than Dwight Howard's at this point in time. So it, like you said, it's just about perception. But uh, we could go on all day about Dwight Howard. But <laughs> right. <if> we, <laughs> especially as a Lakers fan, but we won't go there. <laughs> But I will say at number four, again, you're you blessing me with all these outstanding organizations here and all this great choices that they've made in the past. I will not go Hakeem I, <laughs> uh Inside joke there for, for NBA draft junkies. I will probably choose at number four, even though he has not provided medicals and he's not exactly thrilled about going there. I'm going to have to go with Jaron Jackson Jr., A little bit above Mohamed Bamba, or I could say Mo Mo Bamba or Jaron Jackson Jr. They're both outstanding at at that. It's what they do as far as from a defensive end. But I think from the fact that I think Jaron Jackson can play forward right now still. Uh, I would probably put him right now as, a, as the choice ahead of Mobamba. I just think he's a little bit better fit right now for Memphis, the fact that you still have Marcus Saul there and you don't seem to want to trade him even though you you've had the opportunity to do so for quite a while and you're just now you're pretty much stuck with him. So you got Marcus all there. He might as well get a nice big four developing that's young. He's on the, the younger side of, as far as the uh, players that are eligible for in this draft. So I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr., the 6'11 forward slash center out of Michigan State, and I think he's going to be a, a good quality fit. Whether or not he becomes a star, I'm not sure. He does everything well on both sides of the floor, but I don't think he does anything truly outstanding or will develop into something that's truly outstanding. I just think he's going to be a very, very good pro for many years to come. So... We That leaves you with Dallas, my friend. We're, we're heading to Dallas. We're heading there with the Mavericks. You've, you're, you've been in consultations with Mark Cuban. So who, my friend, have you got slotted at number five for the Dallas Mavericks? I go with Bamba. I
1: think Mo Bamba is their pick. At five, I think they're ready to move on from the uh Noel experiment. And they need a, a, a legitimate center that's versatile, long, athletic, I even saw a workout where he showed he he's got a bit of range. He went to Texas, so he you know he's a he's a tech he's a UT guy. I think he fits perfectly. But what they're trying to do, they already have a point guard. They have decent players at other positions, and 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 Harrison Barnes. So I think they continue to build, and and Mo Bamba is their choice.
0: I will say this: you can never argue with seven foot ten inch reach. that's just that's you know and to see him athletically and he now he's trying to develop his jump shot because he understands where the game is going to and he wants to stay on the floor he didn't have a great motor at texas i know that's one of the things that people talk about and obviously his offensive games needs to be refined a bit but he looks like he is working hard on it he is working out with individuals that are going to be able to push his game further so i think that's an excellent pick at number five mo Bamba he could really spearhead that, well, basically that, that entire team for that and just be that anchor. And, and like I said, he could be an offensive Rudy Gobert if he applies himself and actually gets that shot going to where it needs to be. So excellent choice on number five. Number six, the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'll tell you what, all signs would say, hey, we're going to go ahead and, and look towards a point guard or the best point guard in the draft right now. That's the problem though. I don't think there is a really outstanding point guard that, that really is, is gonna be able to satisfy the needs of Orlando at this point in time. I think they're gonna go in a different direction. I think they're gonna go with Wendell Carter out of Duke. I think they're gonna go ahead and, and take him because he is gonna be, in many ways, like Jaron Jackson Jr. He is very solid on both ends of the floor. I think he can really solidify things for the future. I'm not in love with the fact that they're going to have to re-sign Aaron Gordon for a gazillion dollars because he's going to be a restricted free agent. I I really don't think he's going to be worth the money that you're going to sign him to. I think when you have a player by Wendell Carter Jr., who's pretty much going to be a solid foundational piece for many years to come, I think that's a better option than Trey Young or Colin Sexton or whoever you're thinking about as a potential point guard replacement because of the fact that I think Trey Young and, and Colin Sexton both have limitations that could prevent them from really being that foundational piece for Orlando going forward. What you got next, my friend, we've got number seven, Chicago Bulls. I know there's some names out there that are very interesting. Like I said, Trey Young, Colin Sexton, but uh, who do you got? You're on the clock, my friend. I actually had
1: my, in my mock, I had, Chicago taking one of the players who you've already selected in um, Jaron Jackson. Uh, that's who I thought would fall to them. I think he fits them because he can play at six eleven. He can play with Markinon and he can also play with Portis. That's who I had to them. I think he fits what they want to do. They'll be able to get up and down. They'll be able to you know continue. Not have to put any of their young players, like you said, their young, talented players on the bench and not give them playing time or hold them back by drafting people too many at the same position. I, I think he's a good fit for them. Uh, seven,
0: but Sharon Jackson's gone, my friend. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's too much youth and talent there. So, he's gone, my friend. He's off the board. So, who you got, right. number seven, Michael Porter Jr. There you go. That He's been he's been widely rumored to end up there. In fact, he's been anywhere from two to 10 when it comes down to it. Talent-wise, he would probably be number two in any other year if he were healthy. But I think that's the problem. He had a serious back issue. He had surgery. He was out virtually the entire college year, didn't come back until late. He's had issues, health issues, I think with the hip during the workout season here. So that has scared off a lot of teams. And I think it's all about the medicals. If, if he's sending out those medicals and people are able to look at and determine, hey, he's going to be able long-term to be a viable prospect, I think it's going to be a steal for Chicago. But then again, it's a back issue. And that could be a problem long-term because we've seen how many players over the course of the years. We'll start with Larry Bird. What kind of career, once the back issue started, what that did for him?
1: Yeah, Tracy McGrady, too, um, was another player once once his back went. Steve Nash. Yeah. Back is one of the most underrated injuries that that really can curtail a a career. You know, back and legs are are what you need as a player. But I I think Michael Porter will get the Kyrie Irving benefit of the doubt. You know, he kind of the same thing, not the same injury, but um, as far as what happened in college, only played a few games, got injured but the upside was such and, and, and the flash of what they were in the few games that they played still entices a GM enough to take them early.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. I think that is a good call there. I think at seven, I think that's a risk you want to take. And like you said, they have Laurie it. Chris Dunn and Zach Lafine. I don't know that backcourt when healthy could be very good, but who knows about the future for that backcourt because there's injury issues there. There's also motivational issues. There's a reason why they're both not on Minnesota anymore. So, if all meshes out, Chicago could be a found a really good, really good team going forward if Michael Porter Jr. and that backcourt really gets solidified and, and stays healthy and, and it could be actually a team to watch out for in the Eastern Conference. So, that's number seven. He is definitely a good pick. I'll give you that. In fact, that's, a, that's on my mock board as well.
2: Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films.
0: Number eight would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. We all know what's going on with LeBron. We, we don't know if he's going to stay there. Most likely he's not. Obviously, he has his eyes on many places at this point in time. I'm going to go ahead and say that Mikhail Bridges, junior from Villanova, it's the first, I don't want to say not young guy because they're all young guys, but the first non-freshman outside of Luka Doncic. To really go in this draft. I think he's he's really proven himself with Villanova doing very well in the NCAA tournaments in recent times. A lot has to do with him. I think uh, Mikhail Bridges is going to be that solid two-way player, the three and D type wing that the NBA is trending towards. I think he is going to be a good, solid pro. And I think for that, if you're going to lose LeBron, you better start somewhere. And they say they're not going to blow it up, but I think they do need to blow it up. But if they're not going to blow it up in Cleveland, then let's just go with a foul, a, a really good, solid, solid foundational piece in Mikhail Bridges. So I think next on the clock would be <laughs> – you get all the good ones, my friend. Yeah. It's going to be the, the New York Knicks. New York Knicks, there's still a lot of great players on the board, my friend. Who do you got at number nine? For the New York Knicks. Trey Young is on the
1: board. There's no way he gets past New York. Uh, just for
0: name only, just for namesake only, because you know they love to make a splash in New York.
1: Yeah. He he's gonna sell tickets, he'll fill up the he'll fill up the stadium. What they think and if he can be close to the player that he was in college, and, and he's not gonna be that, at least not early on, what he was able to do for the most part in college. But you put that with Christos Porzingis and you start to build something. Kristaps, I think is, I think he's going to be out for a while. Um, he won't. I don't think he'll be ready for the start of the season. Uh, sometime no, probably, around probably,
0: probably around the beginning of twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. So this gives you a guy that people want to come see. It gives you a guy that that brings you offense and excitement and that can sell tickets until you know your your, your star player gets back. But with the lore of of what he was in college, I think I don't think he gets past New York.
0: It's, it's a name and, and, you know, at NYC, it's all about the names, all about the uh, the showtime and all that. I agree with you. I think that's where he's going to end up if he drops at all in the draft. The only thing is his defense. He, defensively, he is a liability. His size, you know, people try to compare him to Steph Curry. He's not Steph Curry. He's not as big. He's not as tall. We don't know how good is, is Shot going to be able to translate his offensive game to the NBA So he is going to be a major liability. And we we actually seen it with Isaiah Thomas. So, you know, when he moved over to the Lakers and even when he was with Cleveland and Boston on the defensive end, his offensive brilliance was almost negated because of the severe limited liability that he has on the defensive end. So we may be seeing that with Trey Young. Not sure yet, but it looks, it, it appears to be in that type of situation but how much offense can he provide? Can he be able to facilitate that offense? And when Kristaps Porzingis comes back, is he going to be able to, to get him the ball? Because Kristaps, uh, i tell you what, he's been a great player for them. It's just he, the future should be built around him as long as he wants to be there in New York. I think he's going to be a tremendous asset going forward. And And uh, Trey Young, I think, like you said, they need to be splashy in NYC. And I think this is gonna be able to to fill that mix for them. Number 10, number 10, my friend, is going to be Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm gonna go ahead and, you know, I think at this point in time, the Sixers do need some things, but they don't need a whole lot. Obviously they're on the cusp of greatness. I think that at this point in time, you gotta go with a lot of potential. And Kevin Knox, to me, is a lot of potential being one of the youngest players in the draft, but also one of the most skilled, especially with a good jump shot. And also as well, a developing game, 6'9", can hit the jumper, can really become that stretch for that I think both Joel Embiid and uh, obviously Ben Simmons, and even to a lesser extent, Markel Fultz, if he's able to stay on the team and they don't trade him, they, that could really be a cornerstone for a great starting five, along with Robert Covington and whatnot, that could really pose a problem to a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I agree. What we got next is number 11, my friend. So 11, we've got Charlotte Hornets, again, Mitch Kupchak. Got, <laughs> always yeah. coming back to Mitch Kupchak, my friend, and the Charlotte Hornets. You've got Kemba Walker and not a whole lot else. So You're in the middle of the war room with uh, with MJ, my friend. Who are you going to pick at number eleven with the Charlotte Hornets? Man, (laughs) (laughs) but again with Kemba Walker, I will tell you that it's extremely talented. But he will most likely be moved at some point in time, whether it's during the draft or whether it's uh, sometime during the summer or before the the trade. The deadline appears in February. I think at some point in time, he is going to be moved because he is too valuable commodity. And, and plus also as well, he probably wants to go out of that losing situation at Charlotte. So who do you got, my friend? I have Miles Bridges. I think the experiment with most
1: of the players on that team is over. They got rid of Dwight. Like you said, I think I think Kimba will be gone. The Michael Gilcrest thing has to be over by now. So I, I think a young wing player uh with some talent with some upside is where they'll go. And Miles Bridges to me is probably the best left on the board.
0: Excellent choice on there. Miles Bridges, uh definitely gonna be a good solid pro, in my opinion, as well. he's proven at Michigan State that he could be able to handle the ball well. Pretty good shooter out there. I think at the the number well, actually, you know what? You know, your team, man. It's your team, it's time for your team. It's it's coming up right now, back-to-back, back, it's the LA Clippers. There's still a lot of talent out there. I think at number 12, they're going to go for a guard, and I think the best guard on there uh, on the board at this point in time is Colin Sexton, freshman out of Alabama. I think he is a very solid point guard in the making, just really just aggressive on both ends of the four. He may not be the greatest shooter in the world, but his aggressiveness and his playmaking ability could make up for that. I think he's going to be a solid choice at number 12 for the LA Clippers, but they have another choice at number 13, my friend. And I know there's been a lot of discussion about exactly who they want at number 13. I I see one name keep popping up there. I won't say who it is, but if you're uh, still in that war room with Doc Rivers and and, uh, Steve Ballmer and all that, who you got at number 13 with the LA Clippers? Um, I've seen a few
1: things looking back and forth. I've seen Lonnie Walker. I've seen Shy Gilgis Alexander, and that's who I think they'll go with. I think
0: Gilgis Alexander would be the pick at 13. That was actually my pick on my mock board at number 12. I think they were going to take Robert Williams if they had the choice, but when miles bridges got moved up i think that sort of moved our draft board in a different direction but i think that's a good choice because like i said he was on my draft board for for the clippers to pick as well so pick number 12 and 13 are down number 14 is coming up next for the denver nuggets i'm gonna probably at this point in time say that they they're a good team on the cusp of the playoffs. They just missed out on the last day. So obviously they're, they're a winning organization. They got to deal with something as far as their center situation is concerned because uh, Nikola Jokic going to be a free agent, I believe, restricted, I think, or, or whatnot. He's gonna he's in due for a big paycheck. Let's put it that way. So you got Will Barton, who's been a very productive player for them as well in that mix. So it's it's kind of tough to say who they're going to pick on that. But if there's anybody that I think that they're going to pick, I think I would probably at this point in time go with Zaire Smith, freshman out of Texas Tech. Size-wise, he's a little undersized, but he has got tremendous athleticism, a developing jump shot, and defensively, he is extremely talented on that end of the court. So I think for number 14, I'm going to go ahead with Zaire Smith out of Texas Tech which leads into our 15th and final pick on our mock draft. What we got going on here today, my friend, it is going to be the Washington Wizards. So who you got going on, man, with the Washington Wizards and a very talented team in its first three, four players, then after that, it's pretty much a mishmash, which is the reason why I don't think they've been able to progress as much as that they wanted to. They've never really dressed their depth as, as well as they should have. So I ask you now, my friend, let's fill out some of that roster with some talent. And it starts with the 15th pick for Washington. Who you got?
1: I think Washington goes with Robert Williams out of Texas AM. and I think they need to replace big man. I think they've got enough players on the wing and at the point and, and at the guard positions. They've been trying to kind of get rid, get away from Martin Gortet. And so they need, they're going to need another big. And I think that's the pick at
0: 15. I think that's a good choice. That's, that's pretty much around where the time the, around the frame that, that he's going in, uh, starting with right around the the Clippers picks and you're getting a very talented individual an individual who emulates in many ways, another Texas A&M product in DeAndre Jordan. As far as a rim runner, a defender, somebody who really could be that Clink Capella type of, of individual player if he's given a chance. So I could see that happening and, and working with Wall and Beal and, and Otto Porter Jr. on that. Could make out for a good run at Washington. Well, those are our 15 picks in the mock draft. And I want to ask you this: if there's anyone else that's left on the draft board that could sneak into any one of those top 15 spots. Is there a player that sticks out to you? Because I will go myself with Mitchell Robinson. Really just, there's, there's no, he's had some issues with Western Kentucky, he didn't really get a chance to play there, but he was a highly touted individual in high school. You can't argue with 7'1", 7'4", wingspan. Right. From what I hear and what I've seen in the brief videos that there is out there, really talented individual and if anybody's going to rise up on the charts at this point in time into that back half of the top 15 it's going to be Mitchell Robinson in my opinion I wish he'll be there for the Lakers but I don't think he will be who you got my friend as far as one name that might sneak into that top 15 DiVincenzo Dante DiVincenzo excellent 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 choice yeah I think
1: his I think his run in in the in the uh in the tournament I think a lot of GMs will think that's somebody they can use. I don't know if I would allow that run
0: if I was a GM to like, to convince me to select him that high. But, but that happens almost every time where right. someone has a great run in the NCA tournament and seems to enamor themselves to GMs and gets higher, picked higher a lot of times more often than they should.
1: Right. And I think that could be the case here. I think somebody could select him I, anywhere outside of, 12 like 12 down 11 down i think he he could somehow nudge his way in there if you know the right gm thinks this is a guy that we can really use i think he might be able to get in there
0: i think that's some an excellent choice i agree with you on that but like like i said if people seem to get enamored with performances during the ncaa tournament too much. I think they rely on it, but they think when the pressure's on like that, and somebody performs, it, hey, they're going to do it at the NBA level, and that doesn't always translate. It's not always the case, but you know what? At that point in time, you're you're to me a beyond pick ten. I think it's a free for all, and I think if somebody's really enamored with him, they might actually take him. So that's a that's an excellent thought on that.
2: Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from Rob RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching.
0: Once again, I have my good friend, Anthony Barberin, right here, our NBA expert and man in the know for us here at Inside Sports and Pop Culture Cosmos. One thing I wanted to talk about to you before we head on out, my friend, is free agency is around the corner. It's In a way, it's already almost begun with the decisions that have been made, in, you know that are going to be made in San Antonio by one Kawhi Leonard actually wanting to leave San Antonio, although Kim and Greg Popovich have had recent talks in California, you know, near where you're at, my friend, in regards to hopefully trying to patch things up or seeing exactly where Kawhi's head is at. It looks like still that Kawhi wants out of San Antonio. He's asked for a trade to the Lakers or the Clippers, preferably the Lakers. I'm sorry, man, but he said LA. Okay. But we all know what that meant uh, as far as, uh, you know, what, what that's concerned. But that might dictate a lot of things when it comes to free agency, including the possible rival to LeBron and Paul George. I don't think it's going to happen, personally, that all three of them are going to be end up on the team. I think Boston and Philadelphia has a little bit better assets than the Lakers to move for a Kawhi Leonard. Plus, I don't think Greg Popovich just doesn't really want to help the Lakers in any way, shape, or form. But that leads us into free agency with a lot of movement that's expected and start off with LeBron James. So I'm going to hit it right at you, my friend. LeBron James is an unrestricted free agent come July 1. Where does he end up come July 10th? Is he going to be back on Cleveland or is he going to head somewhere else? There's been rumor and speculation, Boston, L.A., both L.A. teams, Houston, Portland. Just It's out there, man. Where do you think... LeBron James is going to end up this time, say July 10th, when he finally makes another announcement or a decision. I should decision. Say. I actually think this will be unlike his other
1: two free agency years. I kind of see him letting things play out a little bit. Whereas he's been the the the, the piece that falls first and everybody else goes after that. I think this will be a a time where he lets some other pieces fall a la paul george maybe the Kawhi trade because i know a lot of people have him moving into this stage of his career where he's setting up the rest of everything you know being a brand uh business acumen that thing but i I think his in his mind i think he's still in championship mode i think he still wants to win championships and compete as a at a high level and so for him i think it's, it's about what's going to play out. And I, I see him going to a number of places. You keep hearing the Lakers. I think that's a possibility. The Clippers a possibility. Staying in Cleveland is a possibility. Houston, I hear, but I don't really see him going to Houston for the simple fact of the way they play basketball. He wants to move off the ball, but playing in that system off the ball is literally standing, waiting for someone to pass it to you. And I don't think that's the kind of game he wants to play. Dark Horse candidate, New Orleans, playing with Anthony Davis, maybe a sign and trade with, with, with DeMarcus Cousins, and stay, even staying in the Eastern Conference. I mean, there to me, there's so, it's so wide open with him. I don't even think he knows where he wants to go yet, which is why I said, in this instance, he'll wait and, and see how things play out. So, because of that, there's not a, a clear-cut place. So I'm just going to say the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? You know, hope, hope. I actually think if he could get another player to go with him, that's the best fit for him. Because of the roster was already on the roster, I think they, they, they arguably are ready to compete now. If there's, a, a say, a Paul George, if he and Paul George got together and say we're going to go somewhere and play, the roster that would be there, is the best roster for him as far as they they slide in at the two and the three with Tobias Harris, with DeAndre Jordan, with Patrick Beverly, and Lou Williams off the bench. I think that's that's a great fit. But there's, there's no telling where he's going to go.
0: Well, at this point, I, I say that's not too far-fetched, my friend. The only thing is that beloved cap space. You mentioned the New Orleans Hornets. I'm sorry. Yeah, The New Orleans Pelicans, I'm sorry. See, it's got me still talking to Hornets. The New Orleans Pelicans in the mix. Well, remember, uh, DeMarcus Cousins is an unrestricted free agent. He would have to agree to terms if he were to be traded in a sign and trade with LeBron. They would both be doing a sign and trade with Cleveland on that. And I'm not sure if I was Cleveland, I would want to take back somebody working off of a torn Achilles tendon. That would be an issue with me. I'm just going to be honest with you on that. I wouldn't be in love with it. I'm not exactly in love with the fact that, you know, any DeMarcus Cousins rumors to the Lakers, just the fact that, again, this is a player that has an torn Achilles tendon. And it is very tough to come back, especially thinking that, okay, he's a foot, 280, 300-pounder. So no matter how talented you are, you're never going to come back as the same player. It's never been proven yet that you can come back as the same player. I mean, Kobe Bryant, Wesley Matthews has not been the same player. He's, he's, he's still a very solid player, but he's never been the same player that he once was before the injury. And there's there's a list of others as well. So I want to ask this. Uh, I will say, uh, well, I will say this. When it comes to LeBron James, do I think he's going to go to the Lakers? It's a possibility. He does have a home in LA. They do have maximum amount of cap space. He could get him and Paul George there. I don't think you're going to get all three with him and Kawhi Leonard, but I really think that's a possibility, both him and Paul George, if he's willing to accept the team that's around him. The team that's around him is not bad. It's a 35-win team. So with them, they could be, you know, you gain another 15, 20 games out of it. So I could say they can compete with the Western Conference. I don't know if they're going to be as good as the Golden State Warriors. I don't think at this point in time you could say they will be. But, you know, I think that's a good start as far as cap space. If it was to the point where he just didn't care about money at all and just cared about winning, he would probably go to Houston. I think that would probably be the best fit for him there. I think they have the opportunity to go ahead and sign him there if they wanted to. I think both ways it, it could work if Chris Paul and him worked out to, you know, some type of monetarily, some type of discount for both of them. But we've heard from Chris Paul, he doesn't want to take a discount. So it, it's not going to work there either. So where else Boston, Boston, you know, they've got money, they've got assets to move, but the problem is they've got a ton of forwards
2: right. and
0: you know, where does that leave LeBron? So LeBron plays there. He's going to take up the bulk of minutes. What does that do to Brown Tatum Hayward and, and a whole nine yards Horford even, you know, what, what do you do with that? As far as all those similar sized athletes that you've got there. Yeah. At this point in time, it's tough. But I think the Lakers, and I don't mean this because just because I'm a Lakers fan and I would be happy to see him there. I just think logistically, from what it works out at this point in time, he either stays in Cleveland or goes to L.A. at this point in time. There is also Paul George, who, who was, you know, said he wanted to be in Los Angeles, so that could be a given there, unless he wants to go back to Oklahoma City, although that didn't work out as well as they had hoped. Name me another free agent that you think is going to generate a lot of interest during this offseason, and where do you think that individual could go? Because I've got one in mind as well. With the Paul George thing, I've been hearing a lot about him staying in OKC. I think he
1: liked playing with another superstar. I think that aspect appealed to him because he spent so many years in Indiana playing by himself, being the only superstar. He he and Danny Granger kind of didn't overlap where they were both at the peak of their games. So being able to play and not have the entire load on him, I think, is something that appeals to him. The other player that could really change, not necessarily change things, but there's two. Like you said, there's um, DeMarcus Cousins. And just because of how impactful he can be, um, I think a smaller team, a team that has nothing right now, will take that chance. I'm also hearing DeAndre Jordan wants out. And he wants to, from rumors, he he wants to go to Houston. So I think that can be something that, that can really change the way the game is played. They would have to move off of Clint Capella but that's another name I think could uh, could end up in the free agent market.
0: I think Clint Capella plays this, uh, the role almost as well as a DeAndre Jordan could. Probably better because he's a better free throw shooter. And he comes, even if they're, they're both, you know, get re-signed to deals. And comparatively speaking, I think DeAndre Jordan is an older, more expensive version of Clint Capella that shoots worse at free throws. Yeah, I, I could kind of concur with
1: that. I think it all hinges on what Clint Capella asked for, because right now DeAndre Jordan's getting a tad over 20 million, 23, yeah. something out there. But I can actually see Clint Capella commanding somewhere around there, 18, 19 in that range. It kind of reminds me of DeAndre Jordan's initial burst on the scene. And Golden State offered him, you know, a deal as a restricted free agent that caused the Clippers to have to overpay for him at that time. I can see the same type of thing happening with Clint Capella, but it also goes to keeping your stars. Chris Paul, who I, I think is, is no brainer, he resigns with Houston. Might want DeAndre. They, you know, they repaired their relationships the last year with the Clippers, and I can see that. You know, if he wants that guy in there, that that's something they could do to appease him.
0: I'm probably going to say if there's any other free agents that's going to affect the marketplace, I think De- DeMarcus Cousins, even with his injury, will affect the marketplace. I think there's, there's one individual out there that might change teams and actually uh, get the interest going for that franchise. Could be Julius Randle. I think he uh, had a greatly improved year last year. I think the Lakers will regret not picking up that last year of his contract and now that he's on a restricted status i don't think if the lakers are confronted with a large offer for him which i think he will get because i think there's some teams out there that will pay for his services 15 to 17 million i don't think the lakers will match it they could do it in a sign and trade as far as match it and then try to send it to him to get some assets back on the deal because they have so much cap space right now but I don't see him long term if he asks for and gets over 15 to 17 million a year, him being something that the Lakers, even though they're very happy with what he did, are are still going to be able to retain him long term because they have, for lack of a better term, bigger fish to fry when it comes to LeBron James and Paul George and Kawhi and all that. So I, I think that he's going to be a casualty of the situation for Lakers fans out there. I don't think he will be staying on the team. Although you know he's he has the limitations, but he is definitely a someone that can be an asset for your team. I think Dallas, I think, is is a good opportunity for him because he's from the Texas area. I think any other team with cap space out there that is interested in a very solid power forward is going to look into his services and and definitely look into. Getting him at a rate that's reasonable. Now, if it does, the the, if the bidding war goes to 15 to 17 million. Like I said, not only is it going to price out a lot of other teams, but it's going to price out the Lakers as well. But I think he's someone that can move the needle. Doesn't move it greatly, but it sends that that franchise in a positive direction because he he is a good player. Uh, still very young at 23, and, and definitely has his whole future ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. I and I've thought this for a while is that Dallas will go after him. I think
1: Dallas will get him early, which will negate the Lakers being able to resign him. Even if everything else falters, they can't they can't go in on Julius Randle and and still be in a position to go after who they're trying to go after. But I think he'll get a big contract from Dallas and he'll end up there. Another guy is is that I think will get a bigger contract and will end up on another team is aaron gordon i think he'll get around that same amount 18 million uh i could even see somebody giving him you know 20 a year yeah i think orlando is going
0: to match that i think they'll let him walk i would i'm going to say right now i would i don't Um, think he's worth that i think he's a decent player streaky shooter very athletic who doesn't do enough for you on the defensive end
1: I agree on the defensive end. I think offensive. I think he also suffers from playing in Orlando. I mean, most people do. I uh, put him <laughs> on a better team with a better coach. You, a better
0: you say that's like a bad thing, okay? I'm spending too much time at Disney <laughs> World, man. Uh, you know, I just you know not not concentrating on the floor. They actually were in the finals in the century at one point of time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you see him with a with a coach that somebody
1: like, which they probably won't get. I'm just throwing somebody San Antonio, somebody who a coach that can get the best out of him and and use him the way he needs to be used i i think he he can be a legitimate player a ro- not not a rotational guy but a legitimate foundational player on your team but you know i don't think orlando's good enough and they've made the proper moves in personnel players or coaches or office up in management to Handicap themselves by getting them they are in the in the the mold where they gotta find a franchise guy somehow and
0: i don't think aaron gordon is is
1: is the guy they want to attempt to to make that guy
0: you gotta ask yourself do you want to plug up a good chunk of your salary cap to this guy if you're orlando and if i was running orlando i would say no he's a great player a complimentary piece at 10 to 12 million but at 20 2022 even at 15 to 17 i i I don't know i just don't think he you know you've already got enough bad contracts there and i ended i would i could very much see that happening as far as him teetering on a bad contract than a good one but uh, like like i said that's that somebody's going to be able to be enamored enough with them that they're going to sign him to a big contract and dare orlando right into yeah matching it exactly so that's that's an excellent suggestion on that. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100% on Aaron Gordon.
1: One more name out there. Let me throw one more name out there. Jabari Parker. He's coming off the two ACLs. Yeah, Jabari Parker, exactly. I can see somebody not giving – he's not going to make a lot of money because of the injury history, but I can see him signing a smaller deal, going to another team, because I don't think he liked the way he was used when he did come back. And if he can stay healthy, becoming who, you know, he was drafted to be.
0: But that's a big risk. Like, like you said, two ACL injuries, that's a, that's a tough deal, but if anyone can do it, we've seen players with, with uh, extensive knee injuries still perform well at a certain level. And you're right. Jabari Parker has a game that translates to a very good offensively, uh, a very good offensive level. He's got that, I don't want to say Carmelo type deal, but he's got a game that's very sly, that's very slick, that that will age well in the right. NBA. And if he does embrace a role on a contender as a supporting cast member, he could be a valuable asset. But if he wants to go ahead and become a star and a 20 point score in this league, I don't think those days after the injuries might be behind him but you're right he might go just chase the money or chase chase a losing team in a situation where he just becomes the top scorer on a losing team and that that may not be the best thing for him so we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one but yeah that that's a, a, another excellent choice on Jabari Parker but free agency is going to be definitely very interesting to see uh, i'm also very excited for the nba draft as well we're, we're going to be getting all this info and to me, this is the funnest time of the NBA year. We've got summer league, the draft, and free agency all in just one time frame. And it's just as an NBA fan and NBA junkie like you, you and I, we're just we're just eating this all up at this point in time. And I can't wait for all this action and this flurry of moves, starting with the Dwight Howard trade that's already looks like it's gonna be going down that uh, can't wait to uh, it to start to unfold and and the action starts with the nba draft and going forward as of july 1st for free agency anthony it's been so great taking the time to be on the show obviously going to have you on when we start talking about the future for the nba and and the results maybe of what happens with the free agent market and then uh, what's going ahead for all of our teams here in the nba just uh, cannot wait to have you back on talking some more round ball with you my friend Always love coming on. Can't wait to be on again.
1: It's going to be interesting to see what happens, what unfolds uh, uh, after this moratorium and see what uh, the NBA has in store for next season.
0: As long as Mitch Kupchak isn't running one of our teams. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anthony, it's always great talking the NBA with you, my friend. Always great doing it for Inside Sports. And, of course, right here on the Pop Culture Conference.